Hey guys, Willie Mayette, creator of Jazz Edge, and I want to welcome you to episode number 20 of The Confident Improviser. Today, we're going to talk about how to become a confident improviser. I'm going to share with you four techniques that are going to help you become more confident in creating solos on the spot. Remember, this podcast is a kind of a uh, goes along with my confident improviser program, which is found over at jazzedge.com. You can also get video replays of the podcast, and you can learn more at, at either jazzedge.com or theconfidentimproviser.com. Okay, so becoming a more confident improviser. So the first question that I normally get from students is, why does my improvisation suffer right now? A lot of times students can improvise a little bit, right? They could do something at the instrument, but they're not happy with the improvisation that they're coming up with, okay? And there's usually three reasons why they're having problems with their improvisation. Now, before I share with you the three reasons, what do you think the reasons are? Now, a lot of times, students might think, oh, I don't know the right notes to play in my improvisation. I don't know the right scale to play in my improvisation. And quite frankly, that's usually not the reasoning, right? Usually, most of the improvisations that I listen to from students, and I listen to a lot of them, hundreds and hundreds of them, uh, you know, the improvisation sounds good note-wise, but these are the three areas that students usually get into trouble with. Number one is fingering. Number two is rhythm. And number three kind of goes along with rhythm as well. It's flow, right? They just don't have the flow of the improvisation down all that well. So let's go through each of those just real quickly before I uh, uh, discuss the four techniques with you. So obviously fingering is a problem because if you get yourself jammed up in your fingering and you know, you're trying to get down to a certain note but you ended on your thumb a little bit early and now you're gonna cross over and you might have a uh, difficulty with that crossing over, well, you, you, you might get yourself into a jam and you might find that the fingering is the thing that jams you up. Now, with the fingering jamming you up, that kind of leads right into the rhythm because the rhythm and the flow get messed up at that point as well because the fingering got messed up. Now, also with uh, improvisation, the rhythm is such an important part of your improvisation that if you don't have strong rhythm together, then you're gonna find that your improvisation is going to suffer. And what I mean by strong rhythm is that not only can you play quarter notes and eighth notes, but if you're gonna do uh, you know, any type of uh, um, uh, altered, uh, uh, maybe altered's not the right word to use, but if you're gonna do any kind of you know, uh, upbeat uh, rhythms, you know, and alternating syncopated rhythms of upbeats uh, and downbeats, then you wanna make sure that that rhythm is nice and strong. Now I have some courses on that, the Rhythm Essentials course would be great to take a look at that. And then also the Confident Improviser course, you go through rhythm as well. And that's why rhythm is such a big part of that. All right, so fingering, rhythm, and flow. So how do we fix those uh, issues and how do we become a more confident improviser? All right, well, number one, you need to make sure you get down your voicings. And what I mean by that is your left hand chord voicings. Make sure that if you're playing, let's say, a blues in the key of C, you know your C7 chord, you know your F7 chord. If you're gonna do rootless chord voicings, fine, do rootless chord voicings. Uh, if you're gonna do shells, fine, do shells. There's nothing wrong with that either. If you're gonna do a bass line, fine. Do a bass line, but you have to make sure that whatever you're playing in the left hand, that you really have it down well. So even though I say get down your voicings, because oftentimes we're gonna be playing 
chord voicings in the left hand and improv with the right hand. What, that, what this really means is get down your accompaniment. If you're finding that you're having any difficulty being confident in your improvisation, be sure to take a look at the left hand and your accompaniment and ask yourself the question, do I really have that accompaniment down? Because if you don't have it down, then you're gonna probably get yourself into trouble. Now, what do I mean by having it down? I mean that if you put on a play-along track, you know, you can play that left-hand accompaniment by itself without making any mistakes. If you're playing along with a metronome, you could play that left-hand accompaniment you know, just fine without making any mistakes. You don't mess up the form, you don't mess up the quality of the chords, you can play accompaniment by itself. And I encourage you, if you haven't tried playing just the accompaniment in the left hand for a tune, start with that first. Because you might find that, oh, every now and again you're hitting the wrong chord, or you gotta think about the chord, or the bass line, or whatever you're playing for your accompaniment, and guess what? Every time you need to think even a split second about what's going on in the left hand, then that's going to take away the, uh, you know, all of that brain power that you can be utilizing for your right hand. Okay? Now, of course, I'm making the assumption right now that we're playing chords in the left hand or accompaniment in the left hand and improvising in the right hand. As smart musicians, we realize that improvisation is not that black and white, right? I mean, sure, you can improvise between two hands, right? You know, so I could use my left hand as well as my right hand to start to create lines and then play back and forth between those two hands. But for the most part, we're usually thinking accompaniment, left hand, improv, right hand, at least at this level. Number two, practice chromaticism. The chromatic scale is super useful, and I'm gonna show you an exercise that you can use in just a second utilizing that chromatic scale. Remember, your chromatic scale is just literally going right up to the next note. And then fingering-wise, typically in the right hand, I would go either one, two, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, one, two, three, Okay, or what I also like, and I think is probably a little bit better, is one three one three one two three one three one three one two three. So I'm starting on C, then going up to C sharp with my middle finger, D with the thumb, D sharp with the uh, middle finger, E with the thumb, F with the second finger, F sharp with the middle finger, G with the thumb, G sharp with the middle, A with the thumb, A sharp with the middle, B with the thumb second uh, finger on C, and then middle finger on C sharp, and then back to the thumb on D, and so on and so forth. And then coming down, it's the same fingering, just in the opposite direction. Same thing with the left hand, it would be uh, one, three, one, three, two, one, three, one, three, one, three, two, one. All right, so now when I say practice chromaticism, you should be able to start on any note, and go up the chromatic scale or go down the chromatic scale, okay? Um, so a great way of starting with that is, you know, start on C, go C to C. And then just try starting on other notes, like maybe E flat. You could go one full octave if you want, or you could go up a little bit and then down a little bit. So I'll start on E flat, maybe go up to G flat, and come down to B. Maybe this time I'll come up to A flat, and I'll go up back again up to C, 
then maybe down the C, and then up to G flat, right? So I can, I can play around with that. I don't have to constantly go up and down to the same note. That's really an important point because a lot of times we get so used to playing our scales and technical things in a very boxed in manner. And what I mean by that is I'm going to play my C major scale and I'm going to go from C to C, right? And we never really think about getting outside of that octave uh, box that we put ourselves in, right? We kind of shackle ourselves within that octave. It's either one octave, two octaves, three octaves. Well, guess what? You don't have to go a full octave. And then when you improvise, you're never going to play a full octave probably, right? And then if you do, it's not going to be all of the time. You're going to go up a little bit, you're going to go down a little bit. So practice that chromatic scale, going up a few notes, then going down a few notes, going up a few more notes, going down a few more notes, okay? And just try, try to, to really focus on keeping that nice and loose and relaxed, okay? If you want to just do the right hand to start, that's totally fine. If you want to play hands together, you could do that. hands together. You can also do it in, you know, there I'm doing it in minor thirds, right? Uh, an octave and a minor third. So a minor tenth. So you can do it in uh, different intervals as well. It actually kind of sounds cool if you do fifths. Right? Doing fifths like that kind of sounds neat. So you could Try playing around with that. There's many different ways in which you can approach those exercises. And quite frankly, if you've been going through the Confident Improviser and listening to the podcast, you already have a, probably a, a pretty good handle on some different ways in which you could change these exercises around. And I'm going to give you another exercise in just a second. All right, the number three technique is understand targets. This is probably going to change your improvisation more than any other technique. And I've talked about this before. I've talked about this in other episodes and definitely uh, at the TCI, um, you know, in the TCI course found at Jazz Edge. But let me just explain to you once again, just real quickly, what is a target? A target is a note of the chord that we're trying to get to and end our improvisational line. Now remember, think of an improvisational line as being a sentence. Okay, I woke up this morning, I exercised, and then I came to work, all right? So there, there's, there's the whole sentence, right? Or I woke up this, this morning, got myself a, gra a, a cup of coffee, and then headed right outside to start raking leaves, okay? There, there you go. There's a whole sentence right there. Beginning, middle, end, right? Now, the target is the end part, Okay, so we start the sentence or start the phrase, right? We can really start the phrase on any note, although the starting note is really just about as important as that target note. So typically, we like to start on a chord tone, at least for right now. Remember, these techniques that I'm giving you are to get you up and running with improvisation. Don't think that you have to do this every single time, right? You don't have to start on a chord tone every single time you start your improvisation. But right now, we're trying to play something that's gonna sound good. So how do we do that? We start on a chord tone, we end on a chord tone, okay? So what I mean by that, Here's a typical, very simple C minor 7, root 3, 7 chord shell in the left hand. So C, E flat, and B flat. Okay? So if I'm going to start on a note, okay, well, like I said, starting on a chord tone. Well, what happens if I don't start on a chord tone? Let's say I start on a B natural. 
Right? Sounds like garbage, right? Okay? Doesn't sound very good. Now, you might say, well, really, that B natural is not found within the Dorian scale or the natural minor scale or whatever scale you're going to say should be played there. Okay? We're not going to worry about scales. Because okay? right now, if you know your starting notes, your target notes, and the chromatic scale, I'm going to show you in just a second how you can get a lot of mileage out of those pieces of information. So, all right, the B natural doesn't sound great, and the reason it doesn't sound great that we could simply say is it's not a chord tone. What are the chord tones for a C minor 7 chord? C, E flat, G, and B flat, right? So just pick one of them. Start on one of them. Uh, let me start on B flat. And in my target, I ended on C. Okay, so I started on B flat, I ended on C. Now, what did I do? Uh, well, and just to make sure that that's clear again, when I say I started on, on B flat and ended on C, meaning I started my line B flat, C, right? And I ended the line on C. So I started on B flat, ended on C. So now the question is, what do I do in between? all of that stuff, right? So in between the starting note and the target note, now what am I playing? Well, that's where I'm playing uh, using the chromatic scale, okay? And so now point number four here is practice creating lines to the target. And in parentheses here, if you can't uh, see it, if you're not looking at the video, it says, forget about sounding good. Forget about it. Don't worry about sounding good. What you're trying to do is you're trying to become a more confident improviser. And to be a confident improviser is very much in some ways being like a salesperson, right? You've got to kind of sell it to the audience. So what I'm going to do here is let me, let me uh, demonstrate. It'll be a little bit easier. I'm going to uh, play with this iReal Pro backing track. And all it is is a C7 altered chord, and it just keeps looping, just keeps going on and on. So it's just one single chord. In the left hand, I'm going to just play a very simple chord shell in which I'm uh, doing uh, the third, the seventh, and the sharp nine. So E, B flat, and D sharp, right? So this is a rootless voicing, okay, uh, with the third, the seventh, and the sharp nine. Okay, so I'm going to play along with that. So I'm going to hit that. Now I got that, that chord going on right there, and now I'm going to start to improvise in the right hand. Now guess what? I can improvise using any notes. Now I can improvise using any notes and do it strongly, and it will sound like, okay, that's what I wanted to play. Or I can improvise using all the right notes, but do it with poor rhythm and kind of weak, and then it will sound wrong. So let me start with all the right notes, first of all. And right notes on a C7 altered chord, I could play a C minor pentatonic scale, I could play a C altered scale. So let me just play around with that C altered scale. But I'm going to do it in a way that's not going to sound all that great. But I'm going to use all the notes of that altered scale. And you'll see that all the notes should be fine, but it just doesn't sound all that great. Let's see if you could figure out why. sound a little bit familiar sometimes, improvisation like that. It's, you got all the notes there, 
but the rhythm, the flow, just, just, just the whole vibe of it just doesn't sound great. Now listen to this, and now I'm gonna be playing wrong notes in here, but take a listen to it. or you might hate it. You might say, Willie, you know what? I, I hated that improvisation. Okay, fine. Okay. Now, I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about whether or not you like it or not because really the only person I have to worry about if they like it or not is me and my ears. Now, me personally, I didn't love it either, okay, if I'm being completely honest, but it at least got the job done for right now. I at least got something out and I said something and I was able to say it in a much stronger way than the first way, because in the first way I was just worried about playing all the right notes, right? Whereas the second way, I'm just trying to like play flow. I'm just trying to get to a target. I'm trying to like, you know, just create that line. So, how do we create these lines utilizing targets. Hey, so the first thing you could do is you could pick the note to start on. Hey, that, there's nothing wrong with that, but the main target that we're looking for is the note to end on. Hey, now I would suggest for right now, pick the third as the note to end on. So again, on our C7 chord, that would be an E natural. Now, whatever note you're gonna start on, that's completely up to you. I'm gonna start on for right now, I'll start on the root, C, okay? So I'm gonna go from C to E natural. And in between, what I'm gonna do as an exercise is I'm gonna try and utilize my chromatic scale. Now, I'm not gonna just go, I mean, I could do that, and take a listen to what that sounds like. So that sounds fine, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And you could start with that, you know, at first. But really what we wanna to start to do is start to create and weave lines. So that means like, you might come down. Right, you might kinda of move all over the place with that chromatic scale, kinda of skipping down, stepping down, skipping up, leaping up, you know? So like, you're, you're just not going up and down the scale. You're moving that scale around. So here I started C, going down to A flat, then come back up to C sharp, and then back to A flat, G, G flat, F, go down to D, D sharp, and then I end on E, okay? So you see that I'm kind of skipping around there on that chromatic scale. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start on the note C, I'm gonna fill in between with some chromatic scale, Quite frankly, you could go on for as long as you want. Now, you're gonna realize, obviously, the longer you play the scale and the, more, and the longer you do the chromaticism, it's gonna start to sound more and more out, okay? So you probably just wanna keep it to like a measure, right? Maybe even a little bit less than a full measure. You know, maybe a measure and a half. But you don't wanna go measures and measures. So I'm gonna start on C, I'm gonna fill in be in between with my chromatic scale with the, with the mindset of, hey, look, I'm gonna end on the note E. I gotta get to the note E, all right? So now take a listen to what that sounds like.
so now you hear how I keep starting on C, keep ending my line on E. The goal of this exercise is that you start to feel more comfortable bringing that chromaticism into your playing, right? Now, check this out. Let's say that I change this around, okay? And I'm just gonna take uh, uh, just some standard here. Let me find a, a quick standard here. All right, there we go, a foggy day. Okay, I'm gonna take a foggy day and I'm literally just going to think about playing my target notes, okay? I'm gonna take, think of my target notes and I'm gonna utilize chromaticism. Take a listen to how it sounds. Uh, let's speed this up a little bit though. I'm gonna bring it up to like more of a medium tempo. I'll bring it up to 120. Here we go. Now there, you heard I brought in a lot of chromaticism. I'm thinking about my target notes. Now again, that improvisation is not gonna win me a Grammy Award, but that's okay. I'm not looking to win a Grammy Award on that improvisation. For many of us, what we wanna be able to do is be able to play an improvisation and not sound like a fool, right? Like, not, like play something that sounds halfway decent and be able to get through the set of chord changes. And that's what we're trying to do and that's what this exercise will help you to start to do, okay? So think about your target notes. Think about where you start, where you end, fill in between with that chromaticism. And if there's nothing else that you got out of this podcast episode, just remember, practice chromatic scale. Practice the chromatic scale. Utilizing that chromatic scale in your improvisation, you can get a lot of mileage out of that, all right? So anyway, uh, so thank you guys very much for joining me for the podcast. If you have questions, remember every other Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern, I do a live Q&A session for my TCI members, so be sure to come back to jazzedge.com and join me. I'll see you guys in the next podcast episode.